Jesus is following behind us in kindness to spare us from the harm of our past. Hi, I'm Abigail Archery and this is Unshakable Stories, Unshakable Truths, where we talk to people about their faith and how it guided them through the best and worst of times, their missions and ministries that were perpetually born out of crisis and how God is using them today to make an unshakable difference. Joined with me today is Carol Bostock. Carol is a trained counsellor speaker and previously worked as a director of HR. However, these days, she's devoted her life to a great ministry involving inner healing and works as part of a team at Beauty From Ashes. Carol, thank you for joining this conversation, especially as we are coming out on the other side of a COVID crisis pandemic. Hi there. Um, Now for... Anyone that's not familiar with your ministry, could you just begin to share with us about the incredible work yourself and Jen, as well as the team, do at Beauty From Ashes? Thank you. Well, I could talk about Beauty From Ashes for a week. This is a (laughs) ministry of inner healing, and it's really seeing Jesus go into the deep places of the pain that we all carry in our hearts and bring his healing. Jesus said, Mm. I have come to heal the broken hearted. And that's really everything that we do at Beauty From Ashes is to see Jesus heal the broken hearted. And the name of the ministry comes from where it says that Jesus gives us beauty instead of ashes. So all of the ashes of the failures and the disappointments of my life he will and can turn to beauty. So let's begin, I guess, at the start of your journey somewhat because you do have an extraordinary story that derives out of having gone through a number of different struggles. Mm. Walk us through that please. Sure well I think my my story probably starts when I was very small because Mm. I had a father who was a perfectionist. Everything had to be just so. His daughters were meant to be beautiful, talented, sporty, clever. We were all meant to succeed. And really, the problem with me as a daughter, I actually was most of those things. I did really well in school. I was sporty and all of those things, but I was fat. And for my father, that was a terrible thing. It was a real failure. And I don't know any of you that are listening that have been fat children. You'll know that children are terribly cruel to fat children. So I think from really being very small, small enough to know that I was fat, really what was happening was that I was just learned that I was a disappointment, that I didn't oh. measure up, that I was yeah. falling short of everything that I was meant to be. And I once came second in my school year. Out of about 60 children, I came second in the exams. And my father said to me, nobody ever remembers who came second. So it kind of just grew up with that sense of always being a disappointment. And when you are fat, it actually colours the whole of your experience. It affects everything about your sense of identity. 
the names that people call you, you know, fat, greedy, lazy, all of those words go right down inside you and become part of your identity. Until the trouble is, I just felt that I was a disappointment. And I think I've been on a diet since I was seven. You know, I started, my mother put me on my first diet when I was about seven. And it lasted for the rest of my life until a few years ago. So you're always, always, always trying to achieve something and always, always failing. And that's the thing. So not only did I know that my father thought I was a a disappointment, but I felt I was a failure. And as that grew on, you know, you go to a doctor if you're very overweight because you've got a sore throat and they're not interested in your sore throat. They just want to know what you're doing about your weight. And it becomes a terrible burden to live under. And the trouble with eating is that we eat for comfort. We call it comfort eating for a reason. And so the more depressed I got about myself and who I was, the more I ate for comfort because there was no other comfort for me. So you just get fatter and fatter and fatter. So you eat more for comfort. And it became a terrible, terrible vicious spiral. Uh, Really affected everything I thought and believed about myself. So, yeah, it it was a very painful journey through my teens, 20s, 30s, 40s. For most of my adult life, I've weighed more than 20 stone. For the last years, I, I weighed more than 26 stone in my 50s. And when you're like that, people look at you in the street. They make comments in the street about you. I was walking down the Horsham High Street with my husband and a man I'd never seen before shouted out, you should be ashamed of what you you cost the NHS. I was at a very large conference and a woman I'd never seen before came up and said, my dear, have you ever thought of going on a diet? You know, people just feel free to judge you and speak that judgment over you over and over and over again. And each time damages how you feel and how you perceive yourself. So it was it was a rocky, it was a rocky journey for many years, very many years. How did um I guess being overweight impact on the other aspects of your life? Well it impacts every area of your life really. Um you I can't would never go into clothes shop. You would think that nobody would ever want to go out with you when you get old enough for boyfriends. As I was got more and more overweight, you're even worried about going into a shop to have a coffee or a meal because you have to check out, are the tables too close together? Are the chairs too small? I did once get stuck in a chair in a pub somewhere, and, and it was the most terrible experience. So it impacts every single part yes. of your life. And one of the greatest, you know, I, I had a number of medical conditions which partly stemmed from that. And one of them meant that I had to have a hysterectomy when I was in my 20s. So I was unable to have children, which was the greatest desire of my heart. And it was a great sadness for my husband and I all our lives that we were not able to have children. So there's an awful lot of disappointment and other issues that hang around that central one. And of course, it all goes down into that identity level and makes me doubt who I am. Certainly walking through those valley moments, how were you able to reconcile that the God you knew as being the loving father was with you and in the midst of it all? 
That's a very good question. No one in my family were Christians. And I first met the Lord when I was about 18. And I thought, gosh, you know, someone that's going to love me unconditionally, that is exactly what I need. But I have to say there was a disconnect Mm -hmm. in my experience Mm -hmm. because my head knew the truth, which was that because of Jesus, God loved me unconditionally. I knew that in my head and my thinking. But because of all the pain I was carrying from my father's disapproval and all of the other people's disapproval, teachers, doctors, all those sorts of people, What it meant was that I actually, my heart, believed that God would be disappointed in me too. Hmm. So I kind of got this really, although I would never have believed it with my head, what my heart believed was that if I was losing weight, God would love me more. And if I was putting weight on, God would love me less. So I had this really kind of skewed perception of the Father in my heart although my head understood the truth of the word. And I kind of held those two things in tension. Yeah, that's so good because I do believe just that which you've unpacked resonates with many because we've been conditioned in a way that how we've been formed and raised from our childhoods, we tend to perceive God in the same light that we would perceive our parents or carers or guardians. You're absolutely right, because we only have one model for parenting, and that's the model we grow up with. And it's inevitable that because of that, we project some of those things from parents, teachers, authority figures. We project those things onto God. Did you ever ask yourself, where is God in all of this? Who is God? Yes, I absolutely ask God you know, because I have two sisters and my youngest sister has been a size eight all her life. She's minute. And we've got the same genes, the same parents, the same genes. And I'm like, why do I weigh 26 stone and she weighs seven stone? You know, Uh there is something. Why God? Why me? Well, it's not fair. It's not fair. And of course, Because I thought those were wrong thoughts to have about God, I would take all of those feelings and push those down into the pain inside me and lock them up. Because I thought, well, I can't think like that about God. God's not like that. But of course, all those feelings just would keep bubbling up. As they do. What's the one thing you want someone listening to know? I think if there's one thing about the way that Jesus heals that I would like everybody to know, It's that there's a little verse, Isaiah 53, which says, Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrow. And we all know the next verse that says he carried our sin and bore our iniquity. But also he bore our grief and carried our sorrow. So just as we can go to the cross with our sin and get forgiveness, So we can go to the cross with that grief and that sorrow and he will exchange those ashes for beauty in healing. It's not an easy journey. It's quite a long journey. For me, the healing began, strangely, by having a gastric bypass. Because until I had the gastric bypass and I lost 16 stone, 17 stone, I think, Until then, I couldn't really believe that God loved me. So even then, when I had this body that was the body I'd always wanted, 
even though I was the size I'd always longed to be, inside me, I was still a fat person because I was carrying all the pain. And inside me, God still disapproved of me. So at that point, God had to stop taking me on a really deep and intense healing journey where he would first correct my view of who he was, teach me about who he really was. And then he would begin to unpack that place of pain inside me and put his healing in. Hmm. Guide us at this point as to how you became involved with the ministry Beauty from Ashes. Okay, well, it's an interesting story. A friend of mine gave me a birthday present to go on a day conference that Beauty from Ashes was leading at Ashburnham Place. And we went and I hadn't really heard of Jen at that point. And I actually ended up at this conference and there must have been about 70 80 people there. I ended up sitting right behind her. (laughs) Amazing. Because Jen is the most utterly amazing and incredible woman. I never spoke to her at the conference at all. And although there was an opportunity to go for prayer, I didn't take it. Because if you're very fat, which I was at that stage, you don't go for prayer. Mm. But my friend made an appointment for me to go and see Jen. So I was so nervous about going that the day before the interview, I was just comfort eating for anything. And I ate two Cornish pasties from a takeaway stand, which gave me terrible food poisoning. And I had to cancel the appointment. (laughs) Glad you can laugh about it now. I can laugh about it now. But then I went and I was met with such love and compassion Mm. and such Mm. understanding such grace yeah that I knew straight away this is a safe place this is a safe person to unpack things I'd never told anybody before in my life yeah and then after a while you know I, I went to see Jen at regular intervals over about a year or so And then I was invited to join the prayer team as a volunteer. So I started to do some work at Beauty from Ashes, praying with people, seeing people's lives change. And then Jan asked me to do some, we we do resident five-day residential in the healing retreats. Jan asked me to start doing those with her. Hmm. And then one day I was in a a multi-story car park. I was driving into a multi-story car park in Horsham. In fact, I don't think I've actually ever told Jan this. I was driving into a multi-storey car park in Horsham and I just said to the Lord, utterly randomly, I said, Lord, if I could ask you for one thing, it would be to work at Beauty From Ashes. And he said, all right. Hmm. But I thought, well, there's no way it wouldn't be possible. You know, I don't live very near, but there are already a full time team. And then God did some extraordinary things and I was able to join the team full-time and now share the ministry with Jen. And it is the greatest joy of my life Mm. to see people that come to Beauty from Ashes carrying all of their ashes and their pain and see Jesus do amazing works of healing. So let's now begin to dissect the concept of inner healing because I don't want to make the assumption that everyone knows exactly what it is. There may be somebody listening who has just heard this for the very first time in their journey. Can you just begin to define what is 
inner healing and how can people identify that they themselves need it? I think that inner healing is the thing that it's because when we're born, we don't have any problems, do we? Everything's wonderful. And then the older we get, stuff happens to us. Right, yeah. People are unkind to us. People die. Terrible things do happen to children. We all experience pain, abuse and heartbreak at some level. And because we have to keep functioning, we tend to push that pain right down into a place inside of us. Yes, yes. And inner healing, I believe, is Jesus going into that place of pain to bring healing power, just as he healed bodies, yeah, if you've got That's a crippled good. arm or a leg, we read in the Gospels that Jesus gave you the power for that limb to be made whole. But actually, the same pain is on the inside of us, and he has the same power to heal that inside pain that damages us, damages our perception of ourselves, makes us believe lies about ourselves or lies about God, and makes us less than God wants us to be. Let's just take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. I hope you're enjoying today's episode with Carol. Today's verse of the day is Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. What a beautiful message from God. And now let's return to our conversation with Carol. Carol, is it ever too late to pursue inner healing? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's my answer, really. No. Praise God. Um, I've prayed with somebody in their 80s and seen them amazingly heal. Jen had an extraordinary experience with a friend of hers that was actually in a hospice mm. and was tormented by stuff that was in her past and who received amazing inner healing in the hospice that allowed her just to step into the kingdom in a completely different way. So, no, his heart is always, always to heal. It's never too late, never too soon, never too late. He's always the healer. That is encouraging. It's encouraging. Now, we're recording this in the midst of being under a a semi-lockdown, as it were. And so people all around the world have had to, as we know, ourselves included, have had to stop. And all the distractions that we've often used to as a facade and all the distractions distractions of busyness of life and and whatnot have really been subsided so it's unraveled a lot of I guess what's always been there but had been suppressed and I think that this is a really important um, moment to I guess sit with oneself lots of I'm sure people are doing lots of reflection at the moment Reevaluating their lives, as it were, and gaining fresh perspective on the decisions, life choices, so on and so on. Uh, for that person who's on the fence listening to you today, 
knows about knows of their trauma their abandonment issues as a child for instance but has allowed distractions and the busyness of life to just keep them from never having to think about that side or pain or or past why should they give themselves this gift i think you've made a really good point there and I can tell you that the number of telephone calls and emails that we're receiving at Beauty From Ashes from people needing help really shows exactly what you've said, that when we have a chance to stop, when we haven't got all the things we usually use to block the pain, everything starts to rise up. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's um, yeah. a verse in Psalm 139. And it's verse five in the Passion Translation. And it says this, talking about Jesus, it says, you have gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. So for anyone that's sitting there and is having to think and to contemplate the harm of their past, and we all have harm in our past. Jesus yeah. is following behind us in kindness to spare us from the harm of our past. And his heart is to walk into that past with us and heal those past things that are affecting us in the present. Hmm. What's the difference between inner healing and psychotherapy? Are they one of the same? I think there are similarities and differences. I have a really high regard for psychotherapists, psychiatrists, psychologists, counsellors. They all bring really valuable tools. I think the difference that I would, if I had to sum up a difference, it would be this. Any other kind of therapies can help you recognise the pain put you in touch with the pain, teach you to engage with the pain, give you strategies to manage the pain. Only Jesus can heal the pain. Mm. Only Jesus can take the pain away. And what baby steps in the midst of a pandemic that we've encountered, in the midst of this COVID crisis, where we've all had to stop, we've all had to kind of reflect journal through, look, pull back the pages of our book, as it were, of our life story. And for that person who's gathering courage today as a result of listening to you, what baby steps could that person begin to take today towards their freedom, their healing? Jesus said, I've come to heal the broken hearts? That's a very good question. And I think it depends a bit what the issues are in your pain place, because the issues in your pain place are going to be different from the issues in my pain place. But I think the first thing that you can do is to say to Jesus, could you show me what's in my pain place that's stopping me from being the person that you created me to be? Show me, Lord, what's in my pain place. Yeah. And after he's begun to show you, and you know, the thing about Jesus is he's so gentle as a healer. He never re-traumatizes us. 
He never makes us face trauma again because he's the healer. So just begin to see what's in your pain place. And he never overwhelms us. He won't show you, you know, the great whole list of things. He does it step by step, very gently. And as he shows you what's in your pain place, invite him into that. So, for example, if he shows you that you've got Mm -hmm. an identity issue because you've been called stupid, let's use that as an example, is to say, Jesus, thank you that you bore my grief and carried my sorrow. I'm going to give to you the pain and the sorrow of being called stupid. Jesus, would you take that pain and put your healing in its place? And would you tell me, when you look at me, what do you see? What do you call me? What name do you have for me? And then allow yourself to receive that. And it may be, of course, that people have deeper issues, issues that go very deep. In which case, I would say, reach out to somebody. Um, Drop us an email at Beauty From Ashes and we can help you find someone that's local to you or whatever. This is a chance in a pandemic. Yeah, yeah? (laughs) a pandemic will only happen, please God, (laughs) once in our lifetimes. But this is a chance for God to do a new thing on the inside of each one of us. So you can reach out to us at Beauty From Ashes or to any other healing ministry. You know, normally, in in normal times, we see people for prayer, individual prayer appointments uh, at Beauty From Ashes all the time. We run quiet days. We run five-day healing, inner healing retreats. Amazing. In this season, we're knowing very much that we need to focus on teaching prayer ministry. So we're going to be doing some prayer ministry training. We do quiet days. There are lots of opportunities for people to come and connect and engage and receive from Jesus the healer. And I'm going to get you to repeat your contact details again. Why should that person not be afraid? Why should somebody listening fear oftentimes keeps people from not wanting to pursue the change they need, the fear of. Absolutely. And that's why sometimes it can be so helpful to have someone walk through that journey with you. Um, I was certainly, I I think I couldn't have made that journey on my own. I needed someone to take my hand and walk with me. But I do profoundly believe that anyone can engage on a healing journey with Jesus on their own as well, because he is the healer. He is the one. And Do you know, the only thing we have to fear about changing is that we'll become the people that God always meant us to be, the people that Jesus already sees us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the first time that Jesus met the apostle Peter, his name was Simon, and Peter changed his name to Jesus because he was speaking into his destiny. And for three years, Peter wasn't going to be like a rock that Jesus called him. He was going to get it wrong again and again and Mm -hmm. again. But Jesus, in that Mm -hmm. first moment of their meeting, Mm -hmm. spoke into the man that Peter was going to become. And it's just like that with each of us. Jesus knows the destiny that rests on us, knows what he's planned and his purpose for our future. And that is the journey that he wants to take us into the people that we were always meant to be. And that is hope 
right there. That is Amen. what a beautiful way to sort of end the conversation. Please repeat for us how anyone listening can reach out to the, your ministry, to the Ministry of Beauty from Ashes. Our website is www.beautyfromashes.co.uk. Uh, you can send us an email on office at beautyfromashes.co.uk. We have a Facebook page, Beauty From Ashes. You can 